This is Scott Becker with the Becker Private Equity Podcast. Thrilled today to be joined by Amber Walsh. Amber's on the executive committee at McGuire Woods. She sort of practices and has built this wonderful practice at the intersection of healthcare and private equity. She's going to talk to us today about some of the takeaways, the things that people are talking about at J.P. Morgan. The J.P. Morgan Healthcare Conference at the start of every year is one of the highlights of sort of the business of healthcare. People talking about everything in healthcare from bio to healthcare to delivery to big systems to companies to everything else. Amber, as we start the 2024 and in looking at what people are talking about from J.P. Morgan – what is on the horizon for this year? What do you see? Yeah, JP Morgan is always a really fun way to kick off the year. And I will admit right out of the gate that this year I did not physically attend, but I felt like I was there. I attended every year for 10 years. Uh, we had plenty of McGuire Woods colleagues out there. And of course, I'm reading all of the posts that come out of all of the official public presentations. Anyone from, you know, Jamie Dimon to the health system leadership to pharma uh, execs, et cetera. But also, what's really exciting and where a lot of healthcare deal makers really spend their time out there is not physically at the conference. The, the percentage of people who are out in San Francisco at the time that the conference goes on that actually are able to attend the conference is very thin. Most of the activity happens around this frenetic uh, pace of meetings between deal makers. So you'll have investment bankers who are bringing uh, acquisition targets to market and are having some initial water testing uh, meetings. Um, but no matter what, the core discussion points that come out of the presentations and then get reported out to the public will always find their way into the private conversations because they kind of set the theme and it's always really interesting to kind of see what people are just as excited about in these side meetings and the lower middle market uh, services sector side meetings where I would always uh, attend and still am very interested versus the large cap publicly traded companies doing the presentations and how much overlap there is. So probably the first thing that I would say is really, really basic is a lot of cautious optimism. I know that's an overused phrase. I hate to use it, but it is the repeat theme that we were feeling for those of us who do healthcare deals. We're feeling the last quarter of 2023 already, but JP Morgan only accelerated that even further where you saw a lot more discussion from CEOs on the dais in the public presentation talking about M&A dramatically more than in the prior year. And for the wonks who actually count the number of times that a senior executive on the stage talks about M&A as a strategy, it's dramatically more. It's literally a count in, in that regard. And that includes health systems, to payers insurance, to, you know, the whole gamut. So that is probably the first of really the core themes that everyone I think has been feeling and JP Morgan accelerated. Well, thank you. And sort of that 
interest rate environment starting to flatten out just a little bit seems to give a lot of hope and juice to the potential for M&A, too, as well, as liquidity of financing costs starts to settle in. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, with the December announcement from the Fed of some expected um, rate reduction this year, people are excited, at least starting to feel a little bit more comfortable. I don't think anyone is projecting 2024 to be at that really high record breaking pace of 2021 and the first half of 2022, but it's feeling a lot more solid and secure and comfortable for people. Thank you, and, and, and that's helpful. And what about, I know there's been a great rebound in biotech. There's more and more discussion again of lower middle market deals. What are the themes are you hearing about? Yeah, what I found really interesting is um, on the pharma side, and it is not the sector in which I spend most of my time, but on the pharma side, there seems to be so much enthusiasm around all of the really eye-popping numbers on the weight loss products, so I found that kind of entertaining. But really, one theme that comes out universally, and I feel like you cannot have a conversation these days with anyone anywhere in the healthcare market without it coming up is generative AI. And it seems like almost every single presentation as was reported back out to the public had some touch on AI. And it doesn't matter if it's Mayo Clinic or Sutter Health talking about their ambulatory care or real tech giants versus the private conversations talking about some of the very um, much smaller physician platforms, but the use of the problem of the opportunity around AI seems to be one of the big themes in a way that in prior years, it was value-based care, consumerism, um, some other things, but AI seems to have everyone worried, but excited. Fascinating. And, and a lot of, again, lack of clarity as to exactly how it's going to apply, exactly what it means. And we see it more and more in certain areas than others. But, but fascinating to see at what point it becomes like the electronic medical record just is. It's just part of everything and pervasive. Uh, and that's very different than where the electronic medical record was 15, 20 years ago. And I feel like in AI, we're sort of just at the infancy of seeing all the different applications, how it's going to apply. But it was sort of expecting at some point a tidal wave of it being included in part of everything. Absolutely. And it's almost like the conversations that are being had um, are around what does it mean for me? What do I need to know? What are the basics? Very similar to I referenced a moment ago. Um, it feels very similar to value-based care a couple of years ago. What I thought was really interesting is as I'm reading reports out of the public presentations, very few of the health system CEOs, very few of the um, kind of technology and market mover giants, even the Amazon presentations, very few people were mentioning value-based care, which is not to say that it's going away, but in many ways, it's not the forefront of people's minds what, this year, at least not for the reports out of the public uh, dais 
or even in what we've seen some of the bankers bringing some targets to market. I think everyone has to continue to think about a value-based care strategy. If you are a true provider, if you're an ambulatory care, if you're a facility-based, if you're a physician practice of any size, you have to be thinking about it. But right now, it's not dominating the conversation quite as much. And I'm not really sure why that is. It's just something that I noticed reading all of the reports out of the presentations and the discussions. At some point, there was a huge move towards everything value-based care. Then I think a lot of the Medicare Advantage, a lot of other things have already sort of settled into that. And a lot of health systems have tried to make that transformation. They've made it. Others are still free for service and still work in process. Um, but, but probably a part of a lot of things and not an absolute silver bullet around things as well. Uh, and so you sort of see the next wave of the huge disruptors trying to be in that business, like the Amazon Primes of the world, trying to roll out concepts that revolve in part around value-based care. But no, I think you're absolutely right. It's a fascinating observation. It's not the be-all and end-all, the discussion of everything. It's like two years ago, Talon was the be-all and end-all, the discussion about everything. And now sort of it's, it's an issue. It's a very important part of the climate, but it's not everything to everybody. And these themes that are discussed at J.P. Morgan, it feels like every year they very much set off a tone for the next several months because you see what's coming to market in a deal-making climate. You get a sense of everyone's particular energy point or what people are struggling on or what's really capturing the minds and attention of the industry and all of those who touch the industry from different angles. And it, it's not it, it's not necessarily a dictate on what's going to happen throughout the year, but it does give you kind of a sense of what's in people's minds right now because it is a very uh, interesting dynamic and one of these rare opportunities where you have people from all over the industry coming together, willing to share their thoughts, their plans for their companies, what they are worried about in a very open way. Now, of course, you absolutely see some presenters who are a little bit more reticent and a little bit less willing to share about their acquisition targets, but I really enjoy every year, including this year, the perspectives of the health system CEOs and the large, large portion who unabashedly mentioned a focus on M&A cost-saving through M&A, expanding their ambulatory footprint um, through JV and M&A. That would be Southern Common Spirit in particular. Um, and then the interesting partnerships that the health system uh, executives talk about, Mass General Brigham partnership with Best Buy for care at home. Some really interesting things that I think just get everyone excited for the year to come. And it's what I always enjoyed about JP Morgan, even if so many people who are out there don't get to physically go into the door, we just get the vibe and we get to hear about the presentations when they're reported out by the media. No, it's actually a fascinating take on some of these things. When you look at these huge systems and their ability or inability to implement some of these things at scale, you know, is, is such a huge issue in terms of actually having a transformational and big impact. And if you look at sort of the Best Buy partners with many people, and Best Buy has got the resources to help some of them implement some of these at scale, 
and not have it on the balance sheet of the health system, very important. When you look at sort of common spirit and sort of health moving into the ASC business, we're moving more fully into it again. It, it, it's, it's not easy to flip a switch and do. It takes a lot of organizing, a lot of pieces, a lot of physicians, a lot of different parts to actually do that at scale. So sometimes it seems like the hopes to do it at scale are much more exciting than the actual performance on it because it's not easy to do. And we've seen plenty of systems try and do it over time. Yeah, absolutely. And and some of the things that come out of these uh, health system CEO presentations are uh, opportunities for how other providers can kind of get in the mix with that system. So a perfect example is Novant, when the Novant CEO is talking about how to expand in partnerships and unabashedly through M&A throughout the Carolinas, specifically mentioning, yes, we have a focus on other hospitals, um, as they have done for the past several years, but also we view expansion and M&A through urgent care with our Go Health partnership or the senior care partnership that they put together. Those are really fun ways and the way it trickles down into the lower middle market these are it starts to become easier for different players to say okay i get it i have heard a public proclamation from a senior level executive on where they're going to invest their time energy or resources and i can help with that and that's part of why everyone watches this so closely i i think that's actually a fascinating perspective because people really look at it as the signals as to where things are going and where to also position themselves and where to plug in and help and try and be a resource and, and try and make it a business imperative and, and what works. I think mean, it's a fascinating perspective. I absolutely agree and that's why I love this every year. It just, it gets me re-energized after coming off of the end of the year, you've got year end closings, even in the slowest of years, healthcare, and all transaction attorneys always have year-end closings, and you got to be head down, focused on that, focused on the holidays, and you get to flip the calendar into January, and you get to look at the year ahead and what's exciting and, and fun and where are we going to be spending our time. So it's what I always really love about J.P. Morgan, even if I wasn't physically out there this year. No, I think that's a fantastic perspective. Again, Amber Walsh, Executive Committee at McGuire Woods. Amber, thank you so much for joining us on the Becker Private Equity and Business Podcast. This will be released January 17th, 2024, and look forward to visiting with you more this year, Amber. Thank you very much. Thank you, Scott.